I'm happy to be at Sterling. Uh, as a district superintendent, I thought uh, maybe it would be possible if I just joined all the churches on the district. Uh, so, uh, so if you'll have me, I want to be a part of Sterling, uh, supporting your pastor and supporting uh, you uh, uh, across, across the district. So I'm blessed uh, to be here. You know, I've been thinking quite a lot about beginnings and endings. Uh, as, as I'm getting started and ending one place in my life and starting a new one. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting how God uses beginnings and endings to uh, direct us and give us perspective uh, about our life. You know, if you just stayed in the same rut all the time in your life, you just kind of be stuck there, right? And God brings about change new pastors, new opportunities in our life that sort of cause us to depend on him in a strong new way. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Um, well, I, I was praying a lot, praying and seeking God as a pastor at Pekin, but then being DS scared me pretty bad. So, you know, I had to really trust him at a whole new level. You know, some of the, the, some of the words that, that have spoken to me during that time is from Revelation chapter 21, verses 5 through 7. So if you have a, you have a scripture there and you want to you wanna open that up, we'll, uh, we'll look at that together. Um, this is from the New King James Version, and it says, Revelation 21, beginning with verse 5, Then he who sat on the throne said, we know who that is, don't we? The one sitting on the throne. It's our God. It's our Savior. The one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Praise God uh, for his word. You know, the book of Revelation is a word about the future, as it causes us to look forward. Um, we we have this calendar in our life of days out in front of us, days and hopefully years to come that we think about. You know, everybody in the world is trying to figure out what the future holds, right? You know, we have all these prognosticators about uh, business and economy and uh, what's going to take place in the future. Uh, even We even have people that we listen to every day, weathermen, who are prognosticators, trying to tell us what the weather's going to be like and if it's going to rain or not. And most time they get it wrong, as actually almost all the prognosticators uh, get basically most of it wrong. Uh, but we, we long for that. Oh, there are people that try to find all kind of ways to do that. You know, I have people that uh, like read their horoscope or go to some kind of fortune teller uh, to try to think that they're going to find out something about the future. But we know as believers, there, there, there's no value in, in that. There's nothing really true about that. So the book of Revelation is the word from God that speaks to us in the midst of our anxieties and our hope uh, about uh, the future. Uh, what does the scripture have to, have to say? Well, the book of Revelation for some people is actually um, a little disappointing. Maybe even confusing. 
You ever, you ever had that moment where you tried to read some of Revelation and kind of wonder what? You know, I think part of the problem with Revelation is that we're looking for dates and we're looking for timeline. I mean, it had just been so helpful if he had just told us what was going to happen. I mean, if he had just told us when Jesus was coming back, I mean, we could be really ready, right? We could just, we could be ready to celebrate and, uh, and record. But he didn't tell us all that because it is a book about the future, but it's not a book about dates and times and events. It, it, it's actually a book that is encouraging you to be ready, to know that God is in charge of the future and that his desire is to work in us and for us to be. You know Jesus is coming back, right? Yeah, I don't know if you've got your calendar marked, but I don't. I don't know when it's going to be, but I know this. I'm going to be ready. I'm ready right this moment. If he came on Sunday morning at Sterling and just, just came and took us out, I'd be ready to go. Some of y'all else, somebody else might have to come up here and speak, or maybe we'd all be gone. You know you can be ready. You can be ready to meet Jesus. Even on a morning like this, you could make that kind of commitment to him. So we are recognizing that God is desiring to speak to us, to give us information uh, about the future and about what's going on in our hearts. So you see what he says in the scripture. He says, behold, I make all things new. Now, there's a few translations that try to add in a little few words there, but it doesn't say I will make all things new or I could make all things new. Or I might sometime in the future make all things. I make all things new. That's like current, present, right now in the midst of our life. Aren't you happy about that? He is, he is making things new in us. Now, I know you don't feel so new today. You know, I'm, I'm sure maybe you feel a little tired whatever you're doing over the weekend, or maybe you got a little soreness or a little something, something going on when you looked in the mirror today. Maybe you don't feel new, but he's not just talking about new on the outside. One of these days, you're going to get a new body. One of these days, you're going to be walking in a whole new experience. But right now, he's, he might not be making all things new on the outside, but on the I like that all things new, don't you? Because I could come up with a list. How about you? A new car. Uh, some new clothes. How about this? If we're going to make a list, well, maybe some new neighbors. <laughs> that, that, that might be nice. Now, he's not talking about all those things. He's saying, I will make all things new. What he will do uh, inside of us. This idea of newness is, is all throughout the scripture. A couple of places, Old Testament, Isaiah 43 says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? He's saying, are you noticing? Not are you noticing everything that's just happening in the world around us and being discouraged? Are you uh, not just listening to all that might be, the culture might be saying, but are you realizing the newness that he is making inside of every one of us? Paul picks up that idea in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and 18. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. All this is from God who, through Christ re reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So Christ says, as he's sitting on the throne, behold, I make 
all things new. And so he gives us perspective. He gives us transformation that is going on uh, within us. What is he talking about? He's talking about the essentials of life. That thing, that thing that is within us that reminds us of what is true and what is right and what is lasting, the eternal truth of the newness that he is going to give to us. You know, he comes and he makes us new as he helps us to live without guilt and with a steady purpose and absolute forgiveness that has set us free and giving us a perspective about knowledge and purpose and recognizing that he is with us. I will make all things new. Now, who said that? The identification in the passage is one who says, I will make all things new. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You, you know where that comes from, right? Uh, the, the scripture that we read originally would have been written in the Greek. And so the first letter of the Greek alphabet was Alpha, and the last letter would be Omega. So he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. If, if, if we were doing that today, uh, he, would, he would say, well, I'm the A to Z. I'm the A to Z. Uh, everything A to Z. Uh, that is what he is. Now, when you think about Alpha and Omega, uh, you think about, um, you know, it's not just talking about the first letter or the last letter. He's talking about uh, source. So he is the source of everything. He is the beginning. You know, he's the source of you right? He made you. He created you. He's the, he's the source. He's the source of everything good that comes into your life. He is the beginning. He is the source. He's the alpha. He's the A. He's also the Z. That means not only is he the source, but he's the destination. That's where we're headed. It's to him. He's the ending of everything. He brings us together in him. Uh, isn't it beautiful to think that you are Made in him, he is the source, and he's also the destination. He your destination? That's pretty good. He's the source. He's the destination. I got to thinking about all that. Do you realize that there's a bunch of letters between A and Z? I noticed that. So I noticed that he says, I'm the alpha and the omega, which means that he is here and everything in between. He's at the beginning all the way to the end. So I got to thinking about that. He's, um, he's almighty God, advocate. He is the bread of life, the bearer of my sin. He's the Christ, the counselor, the comforter. He's the door. He's the deliverer. He's the Emmanuel. He's the eternal one of God. He's the faithful and true. He's a friend of sinners. He's the good shepherd. He's the glorious one. Praise God. He is the helper. He is the holy one of God. He is I am. He is the image of the invisible God. He is king of kings, Lord of lords, lamb of God, Nazarene. Name above all names, omnipotent, only wise God, power of God, prince of peace, quickener of our soul. That, that means he's the one that makes us alive in him. Redeemer, rock of our salvation, savior, same, 
yesterday, today, and forever. He's the teacher, the truth. He's the unspeakable gift. He's the one who upholds all things. He's victory. He is the true vine. He is worthy. He is the way. The Bible says he is wonderful. He is exceedingly great and precious promises. He's the yes and amen. He's the zeal of the Lord. That's our God. And so many more things, isn't it? A to Z. That's what he is. Then I got to think, he's saying, I make all things new. I am the alpha and the omega. Then I noticed that we're in that A to Z too. You know, he's, he covers everything that we struggle with. Anxiety, brokenness, boredom, cancer. He's with us in our cancers. Debt, divorce, depression, emergencies, family. All of our family. You probably prayed for them, some, some of them this morning, didn't you? Um, goodbyes. Hurts. Insecurities. Somebody asked me this week, what hurts you? I thought, well, I got some of those. He's in all those. Jealousies. Kids. You can name those, right? The L, I decided stood for Lloyd because uh, I need him. I need, you could put your name, so you don't get off the hook. You put your name somewhere along here because we all are a mess sometimes. Money, nightmares, overwhelming stress, people, questions, rejection. Sadness, sickness, tough times, trials, unexplained suffering, verbal attacks against us, worry, wise, <laughs> lots of wise. Even simple things, just the kind of the XYZ of life. You know, I put myself in there, yourself. And, uh, and then even, you know, a few days ago, I had a broken zipper. And I thought, that's, that's so, such a troublesome kind of thing. And it just... But from the simplest things all the way back, he's there. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is all things to all of us. He ministers to us. Um, aren't you thankful for who he is uh, in us, reminding us of what he's accomplished? Now, as I, was, as I was doing that, I was looking at you and I thought, some of you, are you sure you believe that? Because see, what he's saying is that no matter what is happening in the world around us, no matter what's coming against you, he makes all things new. All right. Um, okay. I grew up in South Carolina, and we lived um, we lived near Myrtle Beach. One time, when I was dating Kim, uh, her parents they didn't really care a lot about Myrtle Beach, all the traffic and all that, but they did love good seafood restaurants down on the water. And so we went down there. I went to Myrtle Beach, turned right, went to Myrtle's Inlet, 
little intercoastal quarter, waterway and uh, the ocean's there and they build a bunch of restaurants right down on that road uh, right there. So we go in this restaurant and uh, so uh, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the menu. I'm a I was a picky eater. Uh, uh, she said, she looks at me funny like I still am. Uh, so, uh, so I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to eat at this, you know, kind of fresh seafood place. So I noticed off to the side, there's this family and they're coming in there. And I noticed right away that they, they had an accent. They were from New York. You know, they had that New York accent. And so they're gathering there. And I knew right away who mama was. You know, you can kind of always tell. She's getting everybody in the right seats and straightening everybody out. And so this little waiter, a little young guy, comes walking up uh, to the table there. And she says, okay, young man, I have, some, I have a question. And she said, we're from New York. We came a long way. Uh, we want to have a nice seafood dinner tonight. And he, she said, this is what I want. I want a piece of fish that was in the ocean this morning that can be cooked perfectly on my plate tonight. Well, this, this boy's got his eyes wide, and he's like, I'll be right back. And so he takes off. He, he comes back, and he's got one of these little chalkboards, daily specials. And there's like three things written on there. So she's looking at it, and she picks out one and points to it and says, okay, in the water, in the ocean this morning, on my plate tonight. Yes, ma'am. I'll take this. So she's gone. So we're ordering and everybody's doing their thing, but I'm waiting and watching. I want to see what happens. Uh, so in a little while, here they come, you know, and they got these platters. And this platter that they had for her was just massive. This big old platter with a massive piece of fish laid open and beautiful white on the inside. And so she's, he sat, sat down in front of her and she says, okay, you didn't let me down, did you? He said, no, ma'am in the ocean this morning, and on my plate right now. Yes, ma'am. So everybody's, you know, happy that all that's happening. So uh, everybody's getting their food and eating, and I'm watching her. And she reaches over on the table and picks up this little shaker, a little white crystals in it of salt. And without even tasting, doing anything, she just salted this thing down, you know. This big old piece, I learned later, of grouper that she had. Shocking. I, I was just stunned. You know why? I'm thinking this piece of fish was in the grimy Atlantic Ocean, not only this morning, but spent its whole life in salt water, and she couldn't eat the inside of that thing without putting salt all over it. And it hit my soul. If God can create a piece of fish that can live its whole life in salt water, that's what he can do in my soul, in my heart. That's what he's talking about. I make all things new. Not because of where you grew up or what happened in your life or whatever problems you've been dealing with. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And he has the ability to make us clean and right on the inside. How about our amen? Hallelujah. Praise God for what he is able to do for us and in us. So what, what is our response to that? Well, our response is praise, right? Our response is thank you, God, for what you are able to do. Thank you. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Let's receive that. 
See, if, if you're here this morning and, and you've just been doubting God, and, and that's okay. Doubt does not push us away. But I just want to tell you, whatever's happening to you, he can make you clean and pure on the inside. He can help you to overcome whatever those circumstances are. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And he promises that you can be his child. You can, he can be your God. And you are his child. Praise God. As I'm thinking about uh, the last thing I wanted to do here today was um, not only pray for you, but to just remind you how important uh, the church is in this community. Man, we, I hear such like good things. I listen to Denny and his voice perks up and he's got excitement and he's excited about next week and he's excited about what's happening here. Oh man, that makes us happy, doesn't it, Jim? To really see uh, what's, what good. I just want you to know, you know, that um, like, let's be together at Sterling, all right? Let's really be behind uh, Denny and Jody. You know, it's so important. You know, he's, he's not going to be able to, to make the difference himself in this community and in this area. It's going to be up to you. You know, we have to go out and take the message of what Christ has done in us and take it to our family, our friends, the people around us, right? It's, it's like, it's like my, my personal culture. Like, I've been around the church my whole life. And, I, you know, I'm a, like when I was a pastor, you know, I, I knew all the, I knew all the people that go to church, and he does. He, he knows all y'all, knows your names. So I got that little group of people. And, and then I would have new people uh, that came. Anybody here for the first time today? Anybody in this room? There's one right there. I think. What's your name again? Tammy, I met you earlier. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming here today and being with RG and Ann. Um, but, you know, we, we hope that there would be new friends that would be joining us. And so, you know, he, he don't treat them the same way he treats you. He knows you. He loves you. He talks to you. Oh, but he's got a radar on, on those new folks that you reach out to. But, but you know what I noticed? I not only had those people that I knew, the new friends that I was meeting, but I had all these community people that I was meeting. So one day... The Lord is speaking to me about that. You know, I was reading this book about culture. And, you know, so we read about the culture in the world. And then, you know, the people write books on the culture of the church. And, what, and, and Sterling has a culture. Uh, it's kind of who you are and wh what you're about and this uniqueness that, that is Sterling. But the Lord asked me, what, what is my own personal culture? I said, what are you talking about? Like, so he, he, he helped me notice. Right down from the house where I used to live was this uh, Sonic and I'd been there like a hundred times, I'm sure. And so I'll go there. And I thought, I, I talked to this same lady, but I don't even know her name. And so I went to Sonic and I said, what is your name? And she said, Angie. And so I said, Angie, I'm Lloyd. And I've been here many times, but I just wanted to meet you. And uh, so I said, from now on, I'm going to call you Angie. And so I get to the window and Angie starts talking to me. And, and then I talk to her every time I go. And, you know, she's... Um, you know, she's got 18 grandchildren and all this stuff. So I, uh, eventually she asked me one day, she said, I'm, you're that pastor from down the road, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. Um, and I said, I just wanted you to know that I, uh, I care about you when I come in here. I always pray for you. Um, you know, it's part of your like personal culture. Like, I don't, um, I don't know. Do you, uh, you like coffee? 
Yeah, she likes coffee. What's your name? Crystal. Crystal. Um, hey, I know y'all about time to get out, but y'all, y'all okay. I, this is one time I'm here, all right? So uh, <laughs> just, just tolerate me, all right? Uh, Crystal right here. So Crystal goes to the coffee shop. Uh, you love coffee? Yeah, my, my wife, she loves coffee. She's kind of an addict uh, on all that. Um, so, um, you know, one thing about, about a coffee shop is, like, you don't have to go everywhere in your community, but wherever you go, you could meet your barista or who's making your coffee and begin to have a relationship there because you never know where that conversation is going to go or where you go to the grocery store or where you go. So you don't have to know everybody in town. Just know some people where you go. That's personal culture. And what that means is that I am transformed by Jesus Christ. He's my Alpha and Omega. He's changed me completely. And I, I have something in me that I hope will come out. I hope they see it if I never have to say it. But eventually, I might have a chance. Like, I don't know who's going to get saved in my life. But I know they won't get saved if I don't know their name. Or I don't ever talk to them. But I might be a part of something that maybe one day they lose a loved one or they're struggling with some sickness and we have an opportunity. You know what I'm talking about. Um, that you, you know what is happening. And so I'm encouraging you to be the church, to be believed, not just when you come here. Man, it's so fun to come here. I loved it. The worship was great. You were fantastic. Man, the, the van was just great. Great church. But we need to be a great church out there. Where we go, who we're talking to, the influence that we're having, people we're inviting to church. You know, just, just it doesn't hurt anything to invite somebody to church. You know, invite them to church. Be an inviting culture. You know, one thing I used to tell Pekin was, you know, people all the time say, well, we're, we're a friendly church. One time I told Pekin, I said, you know what? We're not friendly if the only people you talk to are your friends. Come on. I mean, so you got these people that, don't, that you don't know. But if you don't talk, you know what that is? That's like a high school clique. Oh, we hate those, don't we? Yeah. No, a friendly church is a place where you don't just talk to your friends, but you talk to other people that you don't know. That's when people say, wow, that's the friendliest place I have ever been. Because people are talking to them. See, that's, that's your job. I'm helping you, right? <laughs> so... Uh, that's your job is to be the church, to continue to fill this place and to allow the Spirit of God. Uh, we need sterling on this district. We need sterling in the kingdom of God to be a strong, vibrant church. I mean, look at your heritage. Hatton, Boone, Smith, Wade. Uh, I didn't even mention, I forgot to even mention Bob Hasselbring and Scott Whalen and such great friends. Irene, all of these great, what a heritage that you have. So like, get going, get going. Have a little personal culture about you related to Jesus, that he's the Alpha and Omega. He's met your every need and even those needs he hasn't yet met, he will meet uh, every need. And there's so many people that need to hear about him in the world around us. So praise God.